Welcome to Dicks and Jane's podcast number, ooh, I think it's 828. Yeah, on a Monday morning, no, it's afternoon, and oh my god, I guess I've picked the worst time. I'm parked in a handicapped spot just outside of uh, Freshco. That's where I prefer to go for groceries, up on uh, Ellesmere, McCowan. And there's a lineup, 15 people long, and it's not shortening, like, they just keep adding to it. As one goes in, another one gets the end of the line. I've never seen it this bad before, uh, you know, and it's because of COVID and limiting the number of people can come into the store at a time. I guess they've tightened the rules, they're doing inspections, which is a good thing, Um We've noticed, uh, unlike up in Sault Ste. Marie, where they obey the laws, that people here aren't following the arrows anymore, or haven't for some time. You know, the uh, the aisles all had red arrows taped onto them, down this one, up this one. And uh, for quite a while, people have just haven't been paying attention. There's that sense, ah, it's not as bad as it was. Well, it is just as bad as it was. COVID is still here with us, and... Um, it's going to be for a long time. And it's it's just beginning to register that, you know, all these plans, oh, and the spring comes, just hop on the road trek and head off. Well, I don't think that's going to be happening this spring. I think I'll be able to, probably they'll open campgrounds. But even that, I'm worried about the people who have been cooped up, you know, and people book in advance in Ontario, get online, and uh, yeah, it's going to be a shit show. So any plans for that uh, long-awaited trip to Prince Edward Island are definitely on hold, probably until the fall. Uh, And I think that's probably the earliest I'll be able to get my injections. Or inoculations, or whatever you want to call it. Yeah, so I started a podcast uh, from the road trek on uh, Sunday. And... uh, it's. I had no problem at all. Just saying, no, 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 we're not doing this one. Abandoning it. It just went. It just went wrong. It doesn't happen often, but uh, it was pretty damn boring. And hey, 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 hey. Not that this one's showing any signs of improvement, but uh, I just got to get started. You know. I don't have a list. There aren't any things that I really need. To share, it's one of those days when I, I feel I've got to accomplish something. So the idea was, all right, at least go out and get milk, eggs, bread, something for supper. And uh, here I am, but I've just decided, to, I, holy fuck, the line is longer. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen. Well, no, they don't count; they're in pairs. Fourteen, fifteen, sixteen, ah, oh, twenty people now. Fuck. Ah. Uh, well, I mean. It's not the end of the world. They'll just come back. It's not like we're starving, you know, I mean, in line for wartime rationing or anything. I'll just uh, go somewhere else. Trouble is, I didn't put on my good walking clothes 
Yeah, that's what I'll do. I'll go for a walk instead. All right, so we're abandoning this. Three minutes in, we're we're abandoning uh, this start, and uh, I'll go home, get my nice warm coat on, and uh, take you for a walk around Thompson Park or something. Scarborough Dude signing off from Freshco. Bye for now. Okay, I'm back. Uh, we are now in um, Thompson Park. I took my walk just a little under half an hour. My knee was really aching. And going downhill, it's really rough. Like, i got to make baby steps, like just short movements so it's not to bend it too much. It was acting up. It's different every single day. I don't take any meds for it, you know. Uh, I probably could before a walk. It wouldn't hurt. But um, it wouldn't hurt. Yeah, that's the point, isn't it? Anyway, uh, at least I did a walk. It felt good. I'm enjoying being outside. It's uh, You pass a lot of people, but you always keep a distance. People on one side or the other of a pretty lo- widely paved walkway. So I I don't feel, you know, I'm not wearing a mask. And, um, and I'd say half the people are. But uh, the ones, you know, you keep your distance. I, I feel safe. I don't feel I'm really in danger. It's not like somebody's stopped and having a coughing fit in the middle of the pathway. And uh, usually, actually, I often hold my hand up to my face or, um, you know, turn face the other way. I mean, I make sure to keep a, a, an extra distance. All right. Anyway, here we are. I'm going to go back to um, Fresh Co. After this clip, and uh, try once more, see what the uh, lineup is like. But uh, meanwhile, I thought I'd talk a little bit about my church. I went to the uh, online service Sunday. I've had mixed feelings, as I think I've mentioned. Greta's been off for months now, uh, under medication, doctor's orders. And Scott, her husband, our pianist, composer, has done a marvelous job filling in. He's really stepped up and done a great job. And uh, so it's it's actually been worthwhile setting aside that hour and a half on a Sunday morning to uh, go up to my room, put on the headphones, and just join the Zoom crowd. We've got people from overseas, people from Africa, you know, more Americans, a lot of others joining in. And um, they're well prepared. But this last week we turned it over to... Uh, a retired, uh, no, um, uh, somebody who left the ministry, a young man, I guess, of uh, West Indies heritage who uh, grew up in a wealthy part of Mississauga. I forget what it's called. I know the area. And uh, felt sort of out of place. And, and he talked a lot about just not belonging anywhere. Doesn't fit him with these. doesn't fit him with the blacks, doesn't fit him with the whites, didn't fit in with here, and so spent a lot of his life. And and a very interesting, very bright guy who's just put a lot of deep thought into his life. And uh, it was good to listen to. And he arranged the the, the, the um, service and brought in a couple of friends. And the other one, the friend he brought in, was uh, from Scarborough, who heads up something called Rise Entertainment. Uh, And it's just um, an organization to encourage creativity in young people, Uh, be they spoken word artists, which he is, uh, poets, writers, painters, musicians, 
and they do good work right here in Scarborough with people, you know, at risk sometimes, as he was in his youth, and who need an outlet and need encouragement. And um, it's quite wonderful that um, he did two poems, and they were excellent. I mean, really, really good. They they just spoke to me completely. Wow. You know, it wasn't like rap. And of course, he's not a huge fan of rap himself. Uh, it was just poetry about, uh, I guess, authenticity, being yourself. I had made notes. I didn't bring them with me. Uh, being yourself, um, Gosh, I can't go much further than that. Can't really do him justice. And I should be, you know, posting a link or giving his name. I can't. Randall was his name. I can't remember the last name. Anyway, he did his bit from uh, Ghana, West Africa, where he was with his uh, family roots. Um, And that was pretty interesting. The church... We've evolved, like, you know, it's quite amazing. This is the church that had an atheist minister, which caused a big buzz, you know, five years ago in the papers, on TV, radio. Oh, my God, what is she doing? You can't be a minister if you're an atheist. Can't do that. And, of course, she won her case and was was not fired. Uh, it's very sad to me that it became a legal issue and was not mediated and lawyers were involved and bills were paid. But anyway, there was a settlement and I would say Greta Vosper came out on the winning side. I think at the cost, an immense cost to her health and a lot of just cruelty from other people who just were so against, uh, you know, what she stood for. And basically it was free thought, I suppose. Uh, but still the importance of congregation, the importance of community, uh, the importance of the journey of being a better person and and. You know, I mean, I stick by her today to what she stood for and, um, you know, her courage. Uh, A published writer, uh, with or without God. Anyway, you know that story if you've been listening to me for a while. Um, But the church was sold to the Boys and Girls Club. And this is another wonderful thing. Wow, a church being repurposed entirely to serve children in Scarborough, where kids will need it, putting on programs. So the church is being redone uh, there were there are only a few pews left. Mostly we used chairs. I guess the pews have been taken out. That grand hall will be used, and it's a perfect place. It's a basement with a stage, so you could put on concerts. Uh, there are many offices for the administrative work of keeping an organization like this around. Uh, there was a full kitchen. I guess you could serve meals there down in the basement. Uh, it's just a great facility for. Um, for an organization like the Boys and Girls Club to uh, serve the community better than we were as sort of a, a dying congregation, old and white and just, you know, um, you know, not growing, not pulling in a lot of young people. So that's a wonderful, wonderful we. Uh, and that journey's not over yet. We've still sponsored uh, um, um, Somebody who, two people have stayed, what do you call that? When you're looking for asylum in in a church building, we had two people live there. Um, We sponsored a refugee family uh, for somebody who was on a death list. And people very close to this person were killed, butchered in the street uh, for speaking out, you know, challenging 
governments and traditional thought and religion. Uh, they are safely settled with new lives here, a uh, man and his wife and two children here in Scarborough, or Ajax or somewhere thereabouts anyway, safe now, out of harm's way. And now another individual, perhaps transgender from West Africa, who is being sponsored by us, so still doing good works. And, and I'm, I'm, that's what I think churches should be doing, standing up for, hey, you know, you talk about these things, how about doing something? And uh, West Hill United Church in Scarborough has done an awful lot. So uh, I'm glad about that. I'm glad about that, glad to still be a part of it. And it turns out uh, I've been asked, I've been selected to be one of 10 people who will be interviewed by these spoken artist creative people to do some kind of a presentation. I, I, I'll just be interviewed and they will turn it into something. I don't know what yet. It sounds like a very interesting project. And uh, stay tuned for that too. You'll be hearing more about that thing. So uh, anyway, that's uh, that's my catch up for now. Very short start to Dixon Jane's episode 820 fucking 8. And uh, we'll just keep on going. Signing out. Bye for now. Check, check, check. <clears throat> I guess you can't hear it in the background. I've got the kinks on, the best of the kinks. Oh, God, they were short songs in those days. Uh, yeah, vinyl in the basement. Oh, I went upstairs to my office and saw those stacks of papers on the floor. And again, like every other day this week, uh, it's now Wednesday. Uh, and <laughs> last week, I can't deal with it. I just, they're in piles. I, I'd have to pick up each one and decide where does this go. Uh, and it's a simple thing, but I just, it, it feels like so overwhelming. Like, oh, no. And it's just, I just don't want to do it. And there's more after that. You know, another whole drawer to be emptied out and, and go through the same process. But... <sighs> Some things, you know, the, the longer you put something off, the harder it gets. We all know that. And by God, this has become almost insurmountable. So I came downstairs to the bar. I tried to make a video yesterday of my books, uh, you know, my YouTube video channel. And it was a real shambles. Oh, my God, I was all over the place. And things are messed up. And I'm tempted to let it go at that and then do a better one afterwards. Just put it out there. Hey, it's spontaneous. You know, I'm finding my old Playboy magazines and Life magazines. And, and uh, it's it's just, you know, very disorganized. Um, the kind of thing some people would like because, I mean, you know, you don't have to judge it. You just watch it. Okay, yeah, all right. Um, but... I thought, no, I really need to tidy things up. And then when I was going through my secondary library, which is out in the hallway, uh, I found some beat books. And how did I never put these here. And then I realized, oh, yeah, my wife kindly, when I have stacks of things like in front of the fireplace, she may have just found a place for them somehow, miraculously, and I don't know how, there was some empty space. Uh, last I recall, could have been a year or two ago, all those shelves were full. And now there are two whole shelves with nothing on them. And it, it, that's frightening to me. It's very frightening. But might have been just her books. She had some Japanese books. I don't know. 
But anyway, these these ones are there. Now, that, that can't be right. I've, and so I brought them back into the inner library in the bar and realized I'm already stacked too deep here. Um, there's no room. There's absolutely no room. Well, what am I going to do? Well, now they're piled on top of the bar. So I've just I've just made more of a mess. And all of which is to say, my job today, I've decided, never mind the things on the floor upstairs in the office, let's tackle this library. So there's the library itself, and then there's the bar where I've got all knickknacks and, you know, paddywax, give the dog a bone. There's just a ton of stuff there in the way of books. And I've got all the books that I've bought, used, which I shouldn't have, and, and then some... Like my father's books um, here. Uh, what is it? Lindbergh, The Lone Eagle, The Boy's Story of Lindbergh. And, well, that's special. That can't just go out on the outside shelf. That's got to be in the inner core here in the library. To my father from Rachel. I don't know who in Rachel. Christmas 1928. Now, uh, father born 1914, so 14 years old. My father's reading about Lindsberg. The cover shows a picture of him. Uh, I'll have to take a picture of this. Clean living, courage, preparedness. Then there's another book called We by Charles A. Lindbergh. And it is dated to him, also 1928, from RLC. I don't know who... Well, gosh, is that the same handwriting? Would that be a Rachel too? Yes! Who was Rachel? So February, and this one's Christmas. Hmm. Uh, oh no no no! She's written the name in a different way. Very fancy L's. Oh no! The oh my gosh! A mystery here. Anyway, <laughs> uh, but you know, two books, and so this is you know you can see what's happening. I'm going to be slowed down. Oh, my God, it looks like mice have chewed away. Yeah, mice have chewed away on the top of this thing. Look at those little teeth marks. But anyway, I still have the books. 1928. I've got to find a place for them. So what I have done is I've taken out books like Pluck and Daring and and old books about Canadian history and school-time stories of, you know... Indians and things, and I'm putting them on the outside, the hallway shelf, where the empty spaces are now, and I'm going to redo the whole Beat Library. So I'm going to devote one section just to Kerouac, just to the Beats, and then I'm going to have to move the, the I think I'm going to move the Henry Miller section to where I now have the free space in the bar. Uh, and maybe a separate section for Timothy Leary as well, because I've got it's taken up a whole shelf here, and then I can get down to a single layer. Uh, honestly, I mean I don't know what this sounds like, uh, but I've spent my lifetime collecting these books. I just can't let it go to shambles. I know the last episode, or maybe it was this episode. No, the last one was called "Letting Go." Um, but you've got to tidy up first. Oh, God. You know, like, yeah, I have America surrounded by Leary and... Uh, 
alternatives to involuntary death. Yeah, so Leary needs a place. Henry, Henry Miller needs a place. Timothy Leary needs a place. The Beats need their place. And then I've got all this 60s shit, you know. Ken Kesey and, and uh, Alan Watts. And that kind of intersects, overlaps. And I don't know how I'm going to do it. And it's just what's going to happen is I'm going to end up piling things on the floor. And then it'll be like those six piles up in my office uh, that, oh, it's just too much to deal with. I just don't know how to handle this. So anyway, I just thought I'd give you uh, an update on the task at hand uh, with the hope that when I get back to you later on or at the end of this podcast, I actually will have made some progress. Um, One of the things I need to do is just take still photos of each shelf once it's fixed. I did that in the hall library. Now I have to do it here once I have things in proper order. So I'm going to leave it uh, at that. Here's a little bit of uh, the kinks. Who will be the next in line? There is only, I mean, this is one of the shortest albums on records. On records. Uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten songs only. Uh, all of them well under three minutes, under, under two and a half minutes. <laughs> okay, so anyway, Scarborough Dude signing out. I'm, I've got work to do. Holy shit, do I have work to do. Bye for now. Ding, ding, ding. Hello, hello, hello. It is Thursday, January 28th, and I'm in Thompson Park, and it's about, uh, what, three in the afternoon? Somewhere thereabouts, yeah, just after. I've taken my walk. I only did one circuit today. It's cold. Oh. You know, this morning when I looked out, oh, great day for a walk. It was sunny, the sky is blue. And, of course, I just, you know, things get in the way, and I'm doing this and doing that and not doing this, and uh, and a little lunch and a little nap and a little read and a little time with a cat. And next thing you know, it's late and the sky is clouded over and the wind has picked up and it's cold. So I did one lap. Uh, and again, I, I've got to, I've got to go the opposite direction because going downhill, oh my God, it hurts on that, uh, artificial knee. It just, I don't, something just ain't right. And it's the tiniest of steps, but you've heard that before. It's just, uh, today was more acute. All right. Anyway, um, I got to get back. I began talking about, uh, redoing the bar and I'm, I'm, I've made progress. Like, I've shifted all these old books. Of, you know, I, I there's some great used bookshops, uh, one in particular on Highway 7. And I've, I've bought old school textbooks, which I'm fond of. You know, just, oh, yeah, this is how we were taught history back in the 40s. And then I'll find gems. Like, there's one put out by Marine Industries Limited, which is the company my father worked for most of his life. Um, a special limited edition on the St. Lawrence Seaway, a photographic essay. Like that's, you know, 
Well, it's only of interest to anybody who's interested in the history of Canada and the St. Lawrence Seaway. But uh, it is to me because that was my father's work. That's why we ended up living in Valleyfield, Quebec, where he could supervise the dredging of a good part of the uh, the lake where the uh, where the uh, ships would have to go through the canal. Anyway, um, and then all these other things, you know, that the book given to him when he was seven, I guess. Yeah, and uh, Easter, um, nineteen twenty-one. And I realized, holy shit, that is a hundred years ago he was given that book. A Horatio Alger story. Very stilted style. Uh, and basically those old British values of, you know, being good and honest. You know, like Boy Scouts kind of stuff. But uh, I'm reading it anyway. Uh, and then I found, sorting through, uh, Zen Effects, The Life of Alan Watts. Which I don't recall reading through, but then that doesn't mean anything. Uh, but I'm just delighted, so I'm definitely reading it again. I, you know, I mean, I just, I love this man, Alan Watts. Again, I don't know about other people. I don't hear people talking about heroes, but for me to have Timothy Leary and, uh, you know, Alan Ginsberg, too, at, at a distance, safe distance, uh, you know, and Kerouac, of course, back then, uh, Henry Miller in particular, they mean something to me. These are these are, you know, these are figures that I I look up to in place of whoever else. You know, uh, I'd never feel that way about a Steve Jobs as much as I'd be interested in or a particular politician, the same degree. These are they mainly they're all counterculture. Yeah, that's the thing. Counterculture going against the establishment. Uh, anyway, so I have made, I cleared off and I've made an entire shelf for my Henry Miller collection. And it is large. I'm looking. There's got to be more than 40 books in that. Like pretty well everything he's written. And then books about him and then letters between him and Anais Nin. Uh, between him and Lawrence Durrell. And that was the book. A book of letters that just really opened the doors for me for literature. Uh, Lawrence Durrell... When he was younger, writing to Henry Miller, sort of saying, do you, do you think I could be a writer too? <coughs> and it's so sad that Miller really is largely forgotten today. Um, other than, you know, oh, he's wrote the sex books, as I've said before. Um, but that, those letters between them, and then uh, Durrell sent Miller his first book, I think it was called The Black Book. And Miller said, go for it. Don't hold back. And uh, that launched Lawrence Durrell's career. And then you get on from there. Oh, who is this guy? And then you read the Alexandrian Quartet, which I guess I must have those somewhere. And then going back and then reading the Rosie Crucifixion, the three novels, Sexus, Plexus, and Nexus, or Nexus, Plexus, and Sexus in uh, the Henry Miller uh, collection and wow, those were amazing books. So I, I do have a love for these books. I treasure them, and now it, I'm doing the right thing. As I as I just as I added, and I would just put them sideways on a shelf on top of others. Now I'm actually tidying up, sorting them out. So there is now a shelf dedicated to uh, Henry Miller. At the end of it, there's a little extra space just for books on poetry, and now Timothy Leary has his own shelf. 
And below that, I'm making a shelf for um, Alan Watts and then other people related to, I guess, maybe the counterculture of the 60s movement. I think they'll begin to spread in there. I have a separate section altogether just for the Beatles. And then I've got rock biographies, which, I, you know, they don't mean as much to me. God, I hope this isn't too boring to you. It's just, hey, these are our passions, and I, I feel sorry for I still, I know there are some people who don't seem to have an interest in anything. And God, that is sad. I just get excited. And it's, again, it's a function of the brain. I mean, it's the, the shiny new thing. And in, in my case, it could be a dusty old book. And then you're off and you're on to something else. And uh, that's as it should be. The brain just needs to be continually triggered and fired up and stimulated and uh, excited and massaged and treated well. Okay. All right. All right. So uh, anyway, yeah, here we are in, uh, having said all that, now I want to get back. I, I, I made the mistake of opening another drawer in my filing cabinet upstairs thinking, okay, come on, come on, come on. You've got to get these things off the floor. And uh, all I did was bring out another file folder. It was it was uh, called, I think, a resumes. And I go back there, and I'm finding letters from my, my, you know, from the principal of my school in Nigeria. Wonderful letter of recommendation, very short, but you know, Ken was ahead of this and this, and devoted to duty and so on. Ooh, dear. Um, and then things from projects people I worked with. So there's a whole lot, again, my, my entire working life, I actually had a serious working life doing these study tours. And, uh, and more, as I, as I did talk about, plans that never bore fruit, but they were exciting to do. And, and you know, I needed, I really almost needed a partner in the business. Somebody would say, okay, okay, I, we got this. Let's go ahead. It was like the way my, my parent company, Kairinsha, in Japan worked. You had the leader. You had Gakuinsho, the, the president, uh, the man who basically, you know, got me the house I live in um, with these ideas. I and mean, we'd start this and this and this. And then Yoshida Bucho, the general manager, who had to pick up the pieces and, and put them to practical use and and a lot of things just fell apart like i need a i want to start a newspaper on education and uh, i came up with a name for it with a little help from a priest i think i came up with novum interrogate the new intelligence he loved it so then he had to have an office for that but the office couldn't be in yokohama it had to be a tokyo office because of the prestige in japan these things mean something so got a very expensive office and then needed his desk. Well, he was never going to do any of the writing or anything else. I was hiring friends. I was paying friends $500 an article to submit. And I, and I contacted my friends, uh, gee, the Nova Scotia guy, uh, Marcy, my friend in Nigeria. Who else? A couple of other people. Write an article about education in your part of the world and send it in and uh, I'll send you 500 bucks, which I did back in those glory days. And, um, but like I say, the, the, I, I toured Niagara Falls, Niagara on the Lake with this gentleman and his, um, his, 
partner. What is his, his lover? I don't know what, what's the proper word for her. Mistress, I suppose. Uh, who was also a good friend. And he bought this beautiful leather case from very high end. You know, these are all tourist shops. Niagara on the Lake are high end for the American tourists. Bought this beautiful leather case and was sort of holding it in a way and asking me how it looked. <laughs> and it was all about appearances. But it worked because this is how this company got enough money to build a bloody college, you know, which was, as you know, since torn down. Uh, but, you know, and and rent the most expensive ship in Japan for company cruises. And, and he was the, the front man. He was just incredibly good at it. But like in that satchel or that little leather case he bought, it was really all about, gee, this looks nice. This looks good on me. I mean, he was handsome on top of that, movie star handsome, uh, and just had the the charisma. He just had it. And it, to be his buddy, like a, to go out drinking with him on his tab, for him to take me around, I was so goddamn lucky. And that's why I'm here today. That's why I have um, everything that I have today is due to that, getting getting hired on by this company and, and getting his seal of personal seal of approval, going out with him that very first time when he first said, okay, here are the deals. Don't do dope in Japan because the Yakuza will find out and they'll get back to me and I'll be blackmailed. And it's going to cost me a fortune because I've sponsored you. So you owe me that. And I just, that was like one of our, our first meetings, a night out with him drinking after he dismissed the translator, just him and me in a bar. Wow, I got respect for this guy. I like that. And it, it went on from there. And, uh, you know, I mean, and that would just make an absolutely wonderful story. It would actually make a good film about the bubble in Japan when there was all this money. And then, bam, the bills came due and suddenly the bubble burst. And by then I had already bailed out. I had already set up a branch in uh, Toronto and uh, severed my connections with Japan and uh, stayed afloat. So very, very lucky the way it all turned out. Uh, and again, that's sort of the history. That's why when you open a file folder, you see what happens, you know. Oh, my God, yeah. This letter from that company. Yeah, I remember those talks. Stuff back in the 90s. And so, you know, there was time that was filled before I have this period of my life, which I'm really enjoying now which is retirement, which is free time, which is time to go down to the basement, put on another piece of vinyl, and uh, tidy up the books. So that's just what I am going to do now, boys and girls. Thank you for your your listenership and uh, for your tolerance and your patience and your forgiveness and your interest. Books still available! Just uh, contact me, and I will uh, I will see that I get you a copy. Free delivery anywhere in um, Scarborough. Twenty dollars cash. Twenty one dollars if you choose to do it on um, PayPal, because they take their uh, their little cut. Yeah, you argue with me on that one if you like. Scarborough dude signing off from uh, Thompson Park on a very cold day. Bye for now. Off here, too. You know, we've got to do all of that still uh, once we get our closing date. So, um, 
There's a lot that goes into this, I guess is what I'm saying. So that is your update for day one. I don't know how long that will take. I, my, my hope is to do an update each morning as I'm heading out here, because I'm thinking it'll be just by myself. I'm not sure if I, I don't really want to pull anybody into it if I don't have to, because I, I've got this covered fine, you know. And I, I like solitary work anyway, and no one really knows what this stuff is but me, so why not just me do it, you know? It's, it's not like I need extra hands right now. It's mostly kind of deciding and packing. It's not something somebody else can do, so might as well just do it. So that's my idea, to talk to you for a few minutes on the way here, give you an idea of the progress each day, and that is what this podcast episode will document you know, the final days here in my hometown, because I, I really will not have a reason to come back here uh, too often once this is over. Uh, and, uh, and you know, I'm not going to miss the drive. <laughs> I'll tell you that much. The drive, just having to do it, uh, you know, Saturday and today, tomorrow and the next day, it, it's wearying, you know. It is a real commute. And uh, right. I was thinking today, you know, there's people that do this every single weekday. Gonna fade that out a little bit. You know who that is? Your friend and mine. Um, I have just so much admiration for Jason's organizational skills. Uh, it just—I mean, I'm just not built well. First of all, I'm lazy, so I would find somebody else to help me with this. But the points he made about hey, I know where what everything is, where everything goes, what has to be done. Better to do it on my own. That I understand. And I guess when I ran my study tours, I was that way. Like, what's the point of me getting somebody to go and get the lunches for students? I build a relationship with each of the people we buy from. Uh, it's just easier for me to do it all. It would take more time and effort to uh, train people. But his is a different case. He's just uh, my uh, definition, I, I guess, of a good son to his mother and father and the things he's done. And it's admirable. Um, being the youngest myself in my family, I mean, I was just simply spoiled. And my sister, my elder sister, who turns 80 this year, oh my God, um, looked after my mother in her declining years. You know, got her in from the one apartment into the next and then into a, a retirement home and then finally into a, a, a kind of a nursing home hospital, basically, where you, you went to die, I think. Uh, but did all that, looked after, did, arranged everything, and I didn't have to. I, I wasn't even living in the same city. Um, and then my brother dealt with my father's death and, and, in fact, was the one who was with him right up until the very end. And he's always been a hard worker and, and a practical guy, a guy who could, if, we, if these were back in pioneer times, he could run the farm and do an excellent job. I would fail. I, I would be the drunk heading off to the, the big city and, and uh, getting into trouble and having to go back and get help from somebody. You know, I just, I mean, I'm not ashamed of that. It's, it's just we're wired so differently. And that is the only hope for mankind, the human race. That is what evolution is about. Make it different. Look at this bloody SARS uh, virus that's going around, not SARS, the uh, covid how it's mutating and getting better at infecting more people. Holy shit, it's scary. But that's that's the life force, the, the, the reproductive force. I don't know if that's, 
if that's if that follows but things get passed on and some traits are good and some aren't I don't know. I don't know. I'm just wandering here. But anyway, <laughs> Jason has the workings of a of a good man, a good citizen, and I don't mean that in, in any uh, degrading way at all. Uh, sometimes being labeled good is not a good thing, but uh, yeah. Okay, let's just park that. I'm in the basement. It's uh, Friday morning. Normally, this podcast is out by now, but um, without putting in songs, which maybe I will, maybe I won't, I don't know yet. Um, it's just uh, different. Uh, you know, it's... it's, And also, this one I am putting together on um, uh, audacity. I was going to say authenticity. Uh, audacity. Realizing I don't need at all the to use um, garage band. I don't know why I didn't understand this earlier. It's just that I'm I'm comfortable with GarageBand. I just like the layout. I like the way it looks. And I'm a visually driven person. And so I, the way I drop files in and could see them, I was just so familiar with it. Audacity, it, it's sort of like going from color to black and white. And okay, all right. But uh, yeah, I started it yesterday. And um, that is what this, this will be the first one done in Audacity. It's still going to go up to... Uh, um, iTunes and, and get, you know, all the things done that have to be done. But taking out the one step is a good thing. Okay. So, yeah, today, uh, around uh, noon my time, I believe, or 1230, I don't know, um, I'm going to be uh, doing a Zoom call with a friend in Chilliwack, Chilliwack, British Columbia, um, who does a, a talk show. Uh, gosh, I forget what it's called already. You know, something like let's be friends or uh, nice to meet you or uh, let's have a chat. Something like that. Uh, and just an interview. I don't know where she's going to go with it. This is somebody I knew 50 plus years ago. In fact, was a, um, a, a girlfriend at the time. And uh, she ended up in Chilliwack. And uh, I met her just briefly on my way through to Vancouver last year. And um, she said, hey, how would you like to be on my show? And I said, sure. So I've come down to the basement and thought I'd do it here. My wife's working at home. I don't want to do it upstairs. And, and I thought, this is more fitting. I, I'm trying to grow comfortable in my basement bar again. So I've set it up, my MacBook Air and a comfortable chair and uh, the library behind me. And, um, yeah, I'm going to do it. I'm looking. I, I've turned the chair around almost completely. And I'm looking at the posters on my bar, and it, it just looks so good. I've got uh, David Bowie uh, pinups, Hunky Dory, then an album called Zabriskie Point, which had a tune by um, uh, Pink Floyd on it, and then Bob Dylan Highway 61 Revisited, T-Rex, uh, Johnny Cash, his first album, and then a double album, uh, Jimi Hendrix, Axis Bold as Love, those are pasted into a, a bar I bought from Ikea, I guess, when I f first moved down here. It looks great. I never look at it from this angle. Honestly, it's ridiculous that I, I've stopped making use of this bar. Um, I used to have friends down here. 
Of course, can't do that now, but I, I, I just, I want to reuse it. And that's part of the process that I'm going through now that I keep going back to is when I look behind me and I see these piles of books. Oh, my God. And I'm still working. Like, I've got enough for a whole shelf opposite the library part on another big bookshelf for just Beatles books, you know, biographies and books about the Beatles. And then there's the rock music, like a few books by, about the Beach Boys or other groups. And then, you know, your big shelf books, you know, Joseph, Joseph Karsh's photo- photographs and something about something about the world and this and that, the big picture books. So all, that'll remain on a shelf by itself. Um, what to do with Robert Mitchum, I don't know. Um, and the shelves, the libraries, it, it's pretty, boy, it's really come together well. I'm very happy about that, especially the, the Henry Miller shelf. Now, the problem is I've got knickknacks on every shelf in front of the books. Old Japanese teapots and stones I've collected and just worthless flea market knickknacks. And I had the idea yesterday to get a box and take them off the shelf and devote this, make this a real library. Just get rid of the crap. There's a back shelf, which I'll keep, which is, you know, the beer steins, the beer bottles, the, uh, you know old trains from Japan, about half a, no, eight, nine, ten telephones. Uh, so that, you know, the cassette tapes, that that will stay. What else is that? Oh, my God, is that another? Oh, yeah, books on chess. Oh, my God. So that will stay. But the shelf with these crappy knickknacks, just, you know, put them in a box and get them out of the way. I, I think that would be a very progressive move. Uh, and then there's a lot of things that, no, no, these ones, the ones that have meaning will stay. Some cups, uh, little angelic figures. I've got one of a nun praying, uh, Japanese teacups, Art Deco style, 50s teacups. And then my two model kits, the uh, the Outlaw and the Beatnik Bandit, these Revel kits. I was always an EMT guy. Revel was yeah, not so good. And then there was, mono, was it Monogram? Was that another model kit? So uh, anyway, they're in the original box that's sealed. Uh, I posted on, um, um, not Twitter, the other one, Instagram. And somebody said, oh, build them, build them. But once they're built, I said, I can't until the hobby shops are open and I can buy spray paint and proper glue and, and anything I'll need to, to do these, the fine craft of model making. Um, and I don't think it's the time now. I think they'll remain in their boxes for now. Uh, so anyway, yeah, here we are. I look around and, and it's the place you want to share. You want to, you want to bring people. I've always wanted to have, it's good enough. I've got a, a sofa, that's three, this chair, four, three chairs around the bar. What happened to the fourth chair? That's odd. I know there were four. There's five, six, seven. Um, and then, I mean, people could sit on the floor. I could put cushions out, uh, you know. You, But you could comfortably. You could have up to ten people down here. Um, probably not a good idea. Probably a better idea just, you know, no more than five. 
uh, got the vinyl, the record player out, and uh, yeah, it's it's. I should be living down here, and I I don't know what's kept me. I know what's kept me away. It's a fucking television. That's the thing. So, yeah. So I I don't know. I, is this progress? Progress to be moving. To be aiming to spend more time in your basement to actually fix up your library so you can look at it with a, a sense of pride. So I've got the one, the one shelf. I guess this whole damn thing is going to be about the library. And it's got like the neat books, the social lives of insects. Now there's a 60s section. I guess it's going to, no, I guess that's going to be devoted just to the 60s. Um, I was seeing, I mean, I've got a book like The Greening of America which was so big. Uh, another book about the future from back. I mean, these are books from the early 70s um, that, you know, everybody read. These were your bestsellers of the times. The, uh, the Secret Life of Plants, The Social Lives of Insects. Um, those are, those are kind of neat. So there there should be a shelf... Just for neat books. Now, there's. Did I mention this one yesterday? There's one. It's just Lawrence, 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 Lawrence Durrell, Lawrence Durrell, um, who I was turned on to by Henry Miller. I think I said that. Uh, Leonard Cohen. There's this. Oh God, eight books about him, by him, about him, and then the Jean-Paul Sartre, and another guy called Newt Hamson, who I guess Henry Miller turned me on to. You read one writer, and they'll turn you on. Uh, sorry, to another, uh, and his books were so neat. And he's again somebody, you know. Unless you're a nerd like me, you never would have heard of him at all. So there's some real sorting out to do uh, here. I, I guess there's quite a few actually on uh, Hunter S. Thompson. They'll have to be put together. I guess that's in the '60s pile. Uh, the book that I would say almost changed. I wouldn't say changed my life, but certainly changed my thinking. The politics of heroin in Southeast Asia, and I have mentioned that book before. Um, it just holy shit! The CIA really is responsible for a lot of evil in the world. Uh, and it, you know, it. I remember buying it. I bought that in um, chapters. A little was it chapters? No, 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 it wasn't chapters. For Christ's sake, classics books, the little bookshop down right on the corner, right on St. Catherine, not far from my university. I used to keep bookmarks and all these things. Um, anyway, The Naked Ape, that's right underneath that. The Naked Ape, Desmond Morris, which was a big thing, a zoologist study of the human animal. And again, these are my university days, and that was one that, uh, you know, oh, here we are, to Ken. Best wishes from Dick and Sandra, that's my brother and sister-in-law. Christmas 1968. I was 20. Well, now I have a stamp. I had my girlfriend at the time worked in a bookshop uh, in downtown. Uh, another girlfriend um, who didn't appear in any of the letters. Neither than the first one, the one who was interviewing me. <coughs> Those were before my. Or no, actually, sorry, take that back. <coughs> sorry. I have a stamp that I got her to make for me. It says, Ex Libris Kenneth Bowl. 
And I was stamping all my books with this, a nice little ink pad to go with that, so that if I lent them out, somebody would know, hey, that book belongs to, it's from the library of Kenneth Paul. I didn't know what to put, and she said, no, ex libris is what you want. So uh, there you go. This has got the official. And I think maybe, <laughs> oh, it just it just comes back to, like, what do you do? How do, what do you do with this collection? It is a collection. It's a library. You know, the, the answer, the obvious answer, and of course it'll never happen, but the, the fantasy world answer, if we can play that game, okay. Imagine a scenario in which you could find the best possible solution. The best possible solution would be to open a, a bar and all these things would be in the bar. Well, they're in a bar now, but it's my basement bar. God, do I do I open this up? Do I turn this into a commercial establishment? I don't think so. Open a bar, run it by my son. My my younger son be the manager because he's going to be hard-assed about uh, the money coming in. He would be a good manager. My elder son would be too generous, but he is a trained bartender and uh, server and excellent cook. My wife, boy, oh boy, if, she, if I can get her into the picture... Um, and she's often joked about it. She just is just an incredibly good cook about, uh, and, and any culture, but in particular Asian, you know, culture of just things and snacks that go with drinks, that would be the thing. And then all these books, just lining shelves that nobody could leave the building with, but they could pull out and look at and try not to spill beer on. Uh, some would be behind glass. They, the first editions. Uh, I just looked at one now, Maggie Cassidy and, uh, and um, you know, Big Sur, Kerouac books. These are first paperback editions. So that would be there. Oh, and those two model kits, they'd remain in their box on display because they're just so neat to look at, the Beatnik Bandit and the Outlaw. Um, yeah, so that would be, there'd be, a, there'd be a one sort of, you know, behind the bar, somewhere where you couldn't get your hands on them. And then, yeah, you'd, you'd have the... Uh, the library of the of the books about Mexico, the books from about West Africa, um, the beer can collection would go there. The bottles, the the Nigerian stuff, you know, the cola dish. You'd have that sitting on the bar, and you'd have it filled with little snack things, maybe or something. The cola dish. Um, there's a flag, a marine industries flag. I mentioned marine industries before. Uh, the MIL, and it's got a beaver on it, and it's a, sh- a flag from a ship. That was my father's. Like that's a flag you f- you would fly on a ship, showing. I guess this is a this is an MIL boat. That is like, hey, who has that in their fucking bar? Now there's a rifle there too. Old Long Tom, uh, a long barreled old, you know, not quite. I don't think you'd call it a flint loader, but maybe it looks like it. Uh, with a, you know, a rod to stuff the stuff. Yeah, big, great big hole of a barrel, you know, and the, the rod underneath it, you'd stuff the, the bullet and the powder down below. That was found on my, uh, my, uh, great uncle's farm, I guess. Yeah, great uncle, my, my father's, father's uncle, yeah. Uh, a portrait. Well, you probably you you've heard about a lot of the stuff that's in the bar anyway. So that would be that would be the dream scenario. I don't get rid of it, and even these album covers, the albums would fit perfectly in a bar. Like when I when I look at them visually, it's striking the cover for Zabriskie Point, uh, 
which, by the way, we visited uh, on our trip back from um, from Mexico on the way back up to Vancouver. Uh, it is in Death Valley, and there's a picture of a man and a woman both naked, their hair sort of dissolving into the foliage, kind of. It's red. It's like it's on fire, and they're on just dried, cracked earth. It, it's stunning. But so are the pictures of David Bowie and the uh, there and and Dylan and and Cash, like exactly those pictures behind the bar. So the point is, okay, full circle. You've already got the bar. You already have it. It's just by you know limited as to who can come. And so what I'd like to do, what I'd like to do is after this is over after we can meet safely. Of course, we can't forget the license plates. The Yukon, uh, home of the Klondike, number 4488-1974. A beautiful plate showing a miner. Oh, my God, that's good. A little motorcycle plate from Kawasaki. And then Brian got me this Northwest Territories, the shape of the bear license plate. And then my father's, three of my father's old plates, 65, 66, 67 with the expo plate um, of uh, La Belle Province, uh, Quebec license plates with his ham radio numbers, VE2YP. Now, several listeners to the Dixon Jeans Pants, I know I'm going on, but I'm on a roll. I'm on a roll, folks. I'm on a roll. Several listeners to the Dixon Jeans podcast. I uh, have been down here already. I won't name them off, but quite a few know this place. They have, let's say they have smelled the pomade. They have smelled the pomade. Okay. That's another one. Special invite. Secret, secret rite of passage. Smell the pomade. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Now, there's a lamp on the top that my wife had, and we've brought that from Japan. It's a goose, and it lights up inside. It's beautiful. Upstairs, we have... um God, I should know what it is. A bear. It's not a bear. It's not a koala. I don't know what it is that lights up. But this one, perfect again for the bar. And again, full circle. Hey, you've got the bar. This is the bar. You would have your copies of Dixon Jane's. I should move the whole library down here. It's from upstairs, yes, empty out the upstairs office and bring the Dixon Jane's library. Find a place for it. Each of the binders with all every issue of Dixon Jane's for people to peruse. Uh, there is overnight first options here too. Like for the people who are out of town and do stay, we have I think a blow up, or we did have a blow up till there was a leak. But we had a futon. We have ways you could just sleep on the floor. These are trustworthy guests only, of course. Um, but yeah, what I was getting at was having soirees, having evenings where people. I would invite a few people, special each each one. I mean, you know, and say, all right, come on over. We're having a gathering in Ken's. Uh, you can bring you. I've got a beer fridge down here, of course. You can bring your own drink of choice. I mean, that would be better. You bring your drink of choice. We put it up on the bar. Uh, it could be wine, could be beer, whatever. Easy enough to get to by go train. Uh, in the future, we will have the Crosstown, Eglinton Crosstown, coming very close to our house. You can walk from the Eglinton Go Station. Or you could take the number nine Bellamy and get it right up the top of the street. Um, so easy enough to get to. We could have a shuttle service. At least I've done that in the past. I'll pick you up at the go station. Just tell me what train you're coming in on. 
call when you get to Scarborough stop and I'll be there. Uh, but after drinks, you find your own way out of here. No problem. Um, so yeah, that is what I would like to do. I would like to, when this is over, invite people over. Uh, Michael, uh, also known as Monjo, I think, was over here to pick up a copy of the, um, of my book, uh, Yes, keep that handy, waiting for now. And I couldn't invite him in. We stood talking in the cold outside, both of us wearing masks at a distance. And I said, so that's the road trek. And I said, yeah, I wish I could give you a tour, but of course I can't now. Um, you could even have like a smaller party because there's a fridge and everything there. If there's a spillover, too many people, you know, all right, well, if you're waiting to get a seat in the basement bar, you can sit and have a drink in the road trek. How's the, How's that? Holy shit, eh? Like, isn't this a fantastic vision? So there you go. There's my dream. I was imagining having to move all of this stuff into a bar that would be created. And now I'm realizing full circle. No, you already have it, asshole. It's right here. I'm sitting in the middle of it. I, all I did was turn the chair around. I turned the beautiful leather chair that I, I sit in, the recliner. I turned it around. I have a new vision of the bar as it is now, it, this is as if I am high. I'm just seeing it in a completely different light. This is the bar. What are you talking about? Some other place. This is it. This is where you invite people. This is where they come. And you just, you just, you know, you put out the invitation. Maybe a special. Put it, do it on a on a Facebook group, private Facebook group. Here you are. Bam, 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 bam. These are the people. Pick your night. You know, which night would suit you? And um, I won't go through the list of names, but the names are coming up in my head already. Certain people have never been here who I'd very much like to have come here. So there you go. I'm going to end on that note. It is just such a such a high, such a positive. Um, I'm just, I'm I'm excited. This is the future. This is post the post COVID world, um, and not until. God, maybe I'll leave those junky little things out <laughs> that are on the shelf anyway. No, some I'll get rid of. I'll clean it up. I'm gonna, yeah, I'm gonna get rid of some of them. There's a couple of teapots I can't stand looking at. Yeah. All right, Scarborough dude. Thank you very much uh, for uh, indulging me again, indulging with me, letting me indulge myself, whatever it is. Signing out from the basement bar, uh, where I will uh, soon be posting a uh, another video. Bye for now. There's no bell down here. That's the next thing. Okay, next thing on the list. You need a barbell. Oh my God, do you need a barbell? And I've got them upstairs. I've got them. I've got them. I just have to remember. I've even got fucking ashtrays. The Fairdale store. Bye for now.